Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. Hey, welcome back. And I am positive Chuck Mosler. <laughs> Always good to be back, man. <laughs> uh, and we are a couple of best friends, Clipper Credential Media folks. We bring you Locked On Clippers every other day of Hanukkah? Close. Five days a week, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Make us your first listen. Kill some windshield time on your way to work and learn more about what the Clippers need to do against these Kings. Absolutely. Kicking things off, as Chuck alluded to, we are going to be taking a look at a preview of the Clippers taking on the Kings at staples we'll talk about what we need to do well to win that one as well as what could go wrong and then in segment two it's what you say wednesday every <laughs> single tuesday uh we want to know what you think uh we put out a poll that's at locked on clippers uh this one is all about do you think the clippers should make a trade or stick with the current roster as constructed oh man uh what do you think are, of these comments people are freaking out people yeah <laughs> It's understandable. I said the Clippers might go on a bit of a skid. They're on said skid. Sure. Uh, and then kind of wrapping things up in shavings, which is where we wrap up everything else. I kind of want to take another look at Paul George uh, as the primary ball handler in the in the pick and roll. Look, this offense has a lot of issues, but this is one of those things like where maybe we're overutilizing him. Uh, things are not looking as good as they could be. And right. he is a major piece of this <laughs> offense. Yeah. So we got to talk about it. Uh, and then we'll also probably have a few good words for Brandon Boston Jr. Of course, you missed that pod, yeah. I did, yeah. So anyways, all that and more coming up right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, so Clippers take on the Kings first time this season. Uh, definitely not the last, though. This episode, we got to let you know, is brought to you by Truebill. It's a new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you stop don't want. Paying. Stop paying and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Let's get, get some, my rent. <laughs> let's get some injury stuff out of the way. No Nick Batum in this one. The day you're listening to this episode will be at the 10-day mark of health and safety protocols. Yes. So he should be good for the game on Friday. The theoretically. Um, and again, we mentioned we play the Kings three times this month. Yeah, so uh, let's uh, let's let's start off with something good here. Yeah, what we need to do well is let's. I mean, let's find ways to score. Yeah, look, I I mean, as the time of recording this, the Kings are by defensive rating a worse defense than the Pels. So there is that. Sure. And I alluded to it up top. We'll talk about it more, but like we need to find ways to sort of shift Paul George off ball more. I yeah. think like right now. It's going to be really difficult to do if, if we don't have one of Batum or Morris. Ideally, we'd have both of them, but hey, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, but the biggest thing is, is like we just we got to be generating some easier looks. This is kind of the only validation I can see for a, a shakeup <laughs> to the starting lineup is that, that there is just not enough space to operate right now. Um, it's, it's clearly an issue. And it just begs the question for me, like, who currently has reliable pick-and-roll chemistry in this group? I think it's Zoo and someone else. I, I, the I only, don't know. The, <laughs> my only guard combos right now that are coming to mind are, like, involving Luke Kennard. Like, that's where things are well, at right now start, as an offense for me. Yeah, I mean, that's um, fair. So, anyways... It, and if the shots aren't there, like if we can't create that space or uh, get those shots, what? How many field goal attempts did we have in that Pelicans game? Right. Like seventy. Yeah. So this is the other side of the ball. Paul George said post game after the Pels loss that teams know they can just rush the boards against the Clippers right now since the transition offense just isn't good, which is true. 
So we're hoping they're more prepared for this than they were on Monday. But like the Pels had over 20 more field goal attempts than we did in that game. You're going to lose a game when you're seeding almost an entire quarter of shots to the other team. It just doesn't. Oh, absolutely. Like mathematically, it just doesn't make sense. Um, And like, I mean, the Kings are not a very good defensive rebounding team. Um, They're pretty close to the bottom in terms of percentage. So let's just win boards, you know, like, let's just do that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, especially like if we can make something happen on the offensive glass, uh, just to get some second looks up there, uh, maybe try to get those field goal attempts above, I don't know, 70. Yeah, Doc uh, Rivers used to always say that if you had 100 field goal attempts, I think it was 100 or 90, you were moving the ball. Well. Yeah. And so when you're at 70, you're you're not going to win. Like, you're just not going to win. It's impossible. Uh, another thing we need to do well is is drive to the paint. Oh, yeah. Once again, this comes back to the spacing issue, which <laughs> we are going to talk about more later. But look, the Kings are currently allowing the most points in the paint in the league. They're giving up around 52 points a game to opponents. Those are easy buckets, too. I kind of like to see Zoo get some sort of like redemption after this kind of game against the Pels, which I do want to clarify, not his fault. Bad matchup, bad defensive schemes for him to try to be sure. good in in that matchup. Yeah. Uh, I know when ending it very much run. Yeah, a lot went wrong, and uh, I'd just like to see him sort of like, you know, get get some, you know, just get some easy buckets there. Sure. Uh, we just, overall, man, for this team, like, uh, the offense is the most worrisome thing, and I just need to see some signs of life around the rim. Agreed. Um, what could go wrong? The same defense from the other night versus the Pels shows up. The Clippers were unable to deal with the Pelicans kind of just running around. Um, and this Kings team has guys like Fox, Halliburton, Heald, who are very good at running around and or making shots. Um, Definitely. Ty Lue usually has Nico or Mook guarding, you know, a shooting big on the perimeter. And then you have Zoo kind of doing his thing in the paint. Did not work against Pelicans. But the Kings don't really have any like stretch, like real threat stretch shooting big. Yeah. So theoretically, we should be okay um, in this realm. Buddy Heald is also hucking up 11 three-point attempts per game and hitting him at a 38% clip. So we can't lose him on the perimeter. That's something we've kind of seen before oh, with this Clippers team where it's like, how is this guy still open? Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. So just tight. Like, if we thought the defense was going to win us the game against the Pels, and it kind of lost us the game against the Pels. Look, so I'm man, hoping it's completely different against the Kings. Yeah, I'm with you. I didn't expect it to that degree, but like a regression was going to come, man. That's that's tiresome mm-hmm. work to do. Uh, you know, when you're giving up boards, up. Like, especially when it's like the only way that you're staying in games due to you know sort of the offensive struggles. And just going into that, like this team's third quarters have been really uninspiring lately, which is which, weird because we started like so strong. Yeah, which is definitely something to look out for. We gotta just kind of be ba- making better adjustments. I think I know that it's a little bit difficult with the roster being as threadbare as it is, and like <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I think we need to be mixing up some some more kind of lineup rotations. Yeah. Another thing I'm looking at is like what could go wrong slash key matchup is just kind of who in this can use pace to their advantage. Yeah. Uh, look, the Clippers are really struggling uh, in offense, uh, in transition. But both of these teams, like the Kings are a top 10 team in pace. They're about ninth. And we're the 12th ranked team in pace, which is very far from where we were last season. Uh, so both of these teams are pretty close in terms of possession and game. I think that like, whoever can avoid turnovers and speed things up if things offensively in the half court are working the way that they want uh, is going to be able to carve out some runs in this game. Uh, so, you know, 
I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is because the turnovers have been a problem. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> it, it is one of those things that I, I think when it does look good for the Clippers, I mean, it can look really good at times. And I think we just need to try and key in on that um, if we're not getting the shots that we want in the half court, which, I mean, thus far we have not really been. Yeah, and we haven't really talked a lot about individual players in this one, and that's because the whole offense is kind of busted right now. Yeah. Um, we, we know what Reggie Jackson has to do. We know what Eric Bledsoe has to do. We know what Luke Kennard has to do. Terrence Mann, I'm hoping he's as aggressive as he was in the second half versus the Pelicans, the whole game versus the Kings. Um, this is kind of a tangent. Are we worried that pace is slipping at all? We were eighth like a week ago, and now we're twelfth. Is that just indicative because we're not playing well? Yeah, I, I think I think definitely. Um, I, that's definitely a factor. And also, you know, it depends. I, I'd have to relook at the the pace of the teams that we played because these things can you know it varies. It, it can yeah. it can vary. It'll probably go um, up after we play the game. You know, because pace overall, at least at, at the stat on stats on NBA, is reflective of you plus the teams that you've played. Yeah. Right. For so, sure. you know, th th those things can change. So it's, you know, a little column A, little sure. column B. Um, key matchup, Jaron Fox versus Eric Bledsoe. Um, really hope Bledsoe can play physically with Fox and kind of herd him into the paint, where we'll hopefully force him into floaters. His worst shooting percentage right now comes from the 10 to 16 foot range. Makes sense. 39%, yeah. not good. So we're probably going to see, I think it's one of those games where like Jaron Fox maybe hits a couple early floaters. And we're like, why the hell are we giving him floaters? And then that percentage drops a little bit. You got to play the numbers game on this gotta one. Got to play the numbers game on this one. PG also has to score 35 points. Like yeah. Pretty much how his offense is going. Less than five turnovers? Six? I, we all hope that, but I don't know if it'll be there. Uh, will the Clippers get back in the win column? They have to. I mean, like, they, sure. they have to. Things aren't getting any easier. They absolutely are not. Let's hope they can take care of business against this Kings team. Coming up, we're going to be talking... Some trade talk. We asked Clipper Nation over on Twitter, and they were kind of pretty divided, actually. But first, we got to give a shout-out to Indeed. Uh, Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests or add your own, then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that, you know, meet your requirements. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Now that you're hiring people, how can you help out that hunger you got going on? Oh, you got to solve your hunger with some Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? Mm. There's truly something for everyone. It's cool when you talk to a Built Bar fan. They're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you're missing out. They got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, chocolate, Double chocolate, mm. salted caramel, strawberry, orange cookies, and cream, and German chocolate. Wow. A lot of chocolate in there, plus brownie. You know what my favorite flavor is? What? Orange. Interesting. Okay. There's a lot left over, so I usually, uh, I'm, I'm usually hoarding You're them You're doing for pretty later. good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Look, not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're also healthy. Check out these macros. Each bar has 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. 
amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Also, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that neat? Wow. And right now, we have a very special offer for our listeners. If you go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off at Built.com. All right, welcome to What You Say Wednesday. What you say? <laughs> That's a new one. Uh, we got about 25% of the season done. Close to it. Um, yeah. yeah. This thread was a nightmare on Twitter. We asked Clips fans if it was time for a trade. The options were make a trade or stick with it. Um, pretty divided. 55% said make a trade. 45% said stick with it. So fairly even for the most part. Um, I don't know. Let's start. Let's end with the good stuff because um, there were uh, some some nice things in there. Right off the bat, where are you at with this? Where would you vote? I got to say stick with it, man. Uh, we haven't seen this roster really fully healthy Everyone's yet. hurt. Uh, it's a Kawhi-less year, so I, I just don't know if you can fully assess the value there. Because is the expectation, that's my thing with this, with this whole thing is, if we make a trade, which some of the trades people are suggesting are hefty, they're to win a championship this year? Like, that's where I'm kind of confused. Yeah, on some I, of the I, ideas. look, man, like my thing for the team this year, you know, was and has been hopefully good enough to avoid the plan, see what we can do. I said they'd be a top four seed, which is kind of holding up, but ish. Um, yeah, I mean, let's get into it. We, DJF Primal said uh, he voted for trades. He said, get a real point guard that can move the offense, Wall or Rubio. Package of Morris, Luke, and Bled. Zoo can't guard the other centers in the league. He's too slow and heavy-footed. All right, so Rubio is kind of having a career resurgence right now, and I don't see Cleveland really trading him. Right. Unless, I mean, like maybe Morris, Luke, and Bled. But the salaries don't work at all. Yeah, I I also Rubio for Bled works straight up, but you can't, I don't understand how adding Morris and Luke, like Cleveland wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to take on long-term salary for an older hurt player and Morris and I mean Luke, Luke is good. There's Luke, also this thing where so many people wanted to trade Luke. Yeah. And Wall, I you know like we're I, not trading for Wall. There's no way we're trading for <laughs> Wall like the the I mean that would be not that that would be a very bad move. No disrespect DJF Primal, but uh that contract is insane. That that's a a dumb amount of money like a buyout i said it on yesterday's pod love it if he gets bought out and comes with the clippers on like a minimum no one's mad at that bought out sure but is wall really even an upgrade from eric bledsoe he's not a better shooter he's older and less athletic Ooh. and a worse defender i don't know i have to take to twitter for that for <laughs> next weeks um one guy was really riding hard for markel fultz to be our future point guard i mean love the idea but i, I mean it it wouldn't work no um kangaroo drew kind of was on the same thing as djf primal he he said, I still think we need a facilitating slash playmaking point guard off the bench. Rubio was the dream, but he is long gone. Yeah. Uh, Sadoransky is an interesting name. Why do people love Sadoransky so much? I think it's because the name res- reminds them of Zatarans. Uh Potential to channel some of his big game player ability he has with the Czech Republic. So Kangaroo Drew has some international basketball to go off of here. The Clippers do play a little more international style of ball. He's never been in a winning culture either. I mean, so... One of the things that I've kind of started coming around to, and then we're going to talk about this in the next segment, is there kind of needs to be maybe a more facilitating type point guard 
to help out with the ball handling duties off of Paul George because the turnovers have been so bad. Yeah, definitely. That and like Paul George, look, man, this team didn't need a point guard when, you know, last season Paul George was handled, he's something like eight uh, pick and roll possessions as the primary ball handler per game. Kawhi handled an additional six to seven per game. So now that's all on PG. Yeah, so now that's all on Paul George. And we're like, I think that there are ways that we can run it through other guards. Like, it's just not happening with the lineups that we have. And part of that, though, part of that that's hard even for me to comprehend watching this team every day is that, like, it's still because we've been missing people who are big parts of making all of these lineups better. Guys who play defense and space the floor. Spacing has 100% been the issue. Absolutely. Um, Saj said, Bled Winslow. And maybe Mook are guys that I would trade away. Real quick, Winslow, sure. No, for what? For what, though? Um, he said, I would do a bled for Drogic trade if the opportunity comes. Drogic would provide a little more of a scoring punch, and if he doesn't pan out, he'll be a free agent so the Clippers can get extra cap space this summer. I, I, think, it's, I, I think it's an interesting move, uh, especially because he's kind of like fallen out of the rotation there. Yeah, I, it's it's like weird. that situation seems, seems really weird. Uh, I would... Yes, that they're still, I mean, like, that's a smart front office. I would still think that they're trying to get probably more assets. There was a great... And I don't know if I'd give up Luke, to be honest, for, for Dragic. This idea, like, there's this idea, there's kind of this common thing in the thread that, like, Luke is really inconsistent. And, like, and it goes back to your point of the guys who make kind of all these role player guys better have been hurt. Yeah. Batum is not a role player. He's the second most important clipper. I think this stretch really shows that absolutely and he helps everyone else be better so luke it helps everything i'm just not trading a guy who shoots 40 percent from three from this clippers team yeah who can facilitate and play make and i mean knock on wood like we haven't had any availability issues with yet yeah i i just i just want to hang on to luke um steven uh Agwe, i hope i pronounced that right i apologize if i didn't said way too soon to make a trade not including Kawhi Leonard, they haven't been close to healthy all season. Healthy Nico and Mook should boost the offense. Surge is starting to round into form. He looks phenomenal, by the way. Yeah, I'm um, with you there, Steven. Still, if it's this bad, after 15 to 20 games of a healthy roster, might need to shake things up. I think I agree most with this take right here. If things are still sputtering, like 10 games out from now, 15 games out from now, when everyone's theoretically healthy, then it's kind of like, because we know Ty Lue's going to tinker. We know that's going to happen. Yeah. But if it's still not being able to get tinkered out, maybe we see a move. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, we just keep coming back to, like, how threadbare, like, the cards Ty Lue has had dealt for, yes. to, like, really try to do much with. You know, there's only so many tinkering you can do if, like, the Tinker Toys has, like, two of those sticks and one of the circle <laughs> yeah. things with all the Busted holes Busted-ass Lincoln Logs. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, a very good point. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm with that. The Lob the Jam, the podcast. Um said except that this team has flaws with their best player injured unlikely to be fixed with some reckless big swing and more injuries to rotation players making those flaws even more <laughs> well like and, and i gotta be honest of these trades that were kind of proposed to me none of these are big swings like you're losing a lot of assets in some of these but they're not you were losing guys they're not for moves that to me are like oh that really moves the needle um, yeah, where's the needle supposed to go? Are we supposed to be a pretty good playoff team? We're not. This might hurt somebody's some people's feelings. We're not a championship favorite without Kawhi. So well, what is the point of swinging so hard right now for this year? 
Yeah, so I like I guess I just want to close out this segment with asking that question. Like, what are your expectations for this team this year? Assuming that we do not have Kawhi. Yeah. And we're not saying to not try, obviously, but don't make a giant trade losing two guys for one or something when we're already shorthanded. We know that some guys can't even really crack the rotation when we're down hurt guys. Yeah. It just doesn't. This was supposed to be kind of a development year. This is why I called yeah. it a house money year. And we are in a rock and a hard place. I'm not going to pretend like things are gravy or whatever. The offense is bad right now. Oh, yeah. It's, but it sucks. It's because <laughs> it's because guys have been hurt. It's just it's been those reasons, yeah. you know, like, I don't know. Um, Agent Alvin said they should trade for someone like Kawhi Leonard, a top three player who plays both ends on the floor and is a proven playoff performer. Ideally, they could do it without giving anything up. <laughs> Shout out to Agent Alvin. You know what? That's great. That's a good call, Alvin. Um, I take trade Kawhi. <laughs> hey, what's he worth? Uh, thank you to everyone who voted. Let us know. I think the comments are still going crazy with the ESPN trade machine ideas. Um, coming up, Will is going to dive into Paul George potentially being part of the problem. But first, we got to give a shout out to Bet Online. Is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Basketball season, full swing. You can track all the action at betonline.com. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next tip, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams try and get right 20% into the season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked On. that's all cap letters, one word, at BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Okay, so we're back with shavings. We're going to just kind of dive into a little bit, like this offense having problems. Sure, busted. Ugly. Paul George, major part of this offense. Heretofore. Is Paul George part of the problem? <laughs> go, go in, man. Let's All talk right, about look, it. I mean, Paul George is great at a lot of things. Sure. But, I mean, give, very gifted scorer. Good great, fits. Great defender. Good fits. <laughs> I, I mean, he definitely has been, you know, at times single-handedly keeping this team sure, afloat. Sure, he's an MVP candidate. I'm not doubting that. Sure. However, I'm wondering if we've maybe exhausted him as a primary ball handler. Go on. So, like, looking at his pick-and-roll stats as the primary ball handler this season, he's... Running about 10 of these types of possessions per game, which is top 10 in the NBA. For, for anybody? Not just for 6'9 power forwards? For anybody. Great. Okay. Uh, so he's up there with all the point guards. Yeah. yeah so he's up there with, uh, with all the point guards. Uh, you know, it's accounting for over a third of his total offensive possessions, which, I mean, once again, makes sense kind of given the roster. Yeah. However, the efficiency has just not really been there. Right. He's currently in the 47th percentile in efficiency league-wide, so below average. Okay. Uh, he's averaging about 0.82 points per possession on these type of actions. Okay. The only player in the top 10 with a lower points per possession uh, running eight or more of the of of pick and roll possession as the ball handler is DeJounte Murray. Shout out Seattle. Shout out DeJounte Murray. And no disrespect to him, but like that's just not that's just not gonna get it done. Right, I think sure. this team's aspirations are a little bit different than the Spurs. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Uh he's also the sixth highest in turnover percentage out of anyone running eight pick and roll possessions as the primary ball handler that's or not more. Good. Look, I I mean He's a great option as like a secondary ball handler or 
a first option ball handler if someone else is taking nearly as many possessions at the pick and roll as someone like a Kawhi Leonard possibly (laughs) yes possibly look I bring this up and you know this is only one facet of his offense I'm not going to pretend oh of course any other way but you know we all know you know reliable pick and roll offense is how you keep your offense going in the NBA well, at one point, yeah. game, throughout an 82-game season. Clippers ran the most successful uh, pick-and-roll of all time with Lou Williams and Trez. And Ty Lue even said it's like 90% of NBA offense. <laughs> yeah, especially when you have so little of the playbook put in, like Ty Lue has said. Yeah, and it's just not really working this year. Now, look, there are some encouraging numbers. Last season, uh, he was much better. He was in the 75th percentile. And then That's he was good. still running about eight of these types of possessions per game, so two fewer. He was actually scoring about the same amount of points last season as he was. Oof. From uh, the pick and roll. Uh, yeah, 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 this season. Huh. Um, huh. And his points per possession on that, yeah, was .97, which is... Substantially nice. better. <laughs> yeah, you're scoring half the time you're yeah, running one of those. substantially better. And look, I, I mean, obviously not having Kawhi Leonard is going to be a huge part of that, but I don't know if people realize like just how big of a part it is, because even though Paul George was running like eight eight of these pick and roll possessions as the ball handler, yeah. Kawhi was running an additional six to seven. Yeah, it's a pretty even split. And then- And Kawhi and Zoo was some nice chemistry. Oh, absolutely. Is, I should yeah. say was. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And so like the guard problem was less pronounced last yes. season. So no Kawhi this year. I mean, hmm. no, no Kawhi this year. So- I'm wondering other ways we can kind of take a look to sort of make this better. Yeah. And what do you got? I think there's one option, which is trade Paul George. No. Just trying to straight up get the bigs involved more. Okay. Um, the drunken Trent uh, method, as you said. Well, I'm not saying multiple <laughs> bigs at the same time. I'm not saying that. Uh, but both bigs have been pretty effective at scoring with Paul George. Uh, We're talking Serge and Hart? Zoo and Hart. Zoo and Hart. Okay. Uh, so both of these guys are averaging right around two possessions per game uh, it, per stats on NBA as the primary role man uh, in these types of actions. And they're both averaging over a point per possession. So very, very solid. Yeah. But, you know, each of these guys, two, that's like, you know, that's that's less than 40 percent of his total sure. sort of, of his total ball handling duties. So. How can we see an increase in this? Yeah. Right? Uh, obviously, you want to get the bigs more. I think the answer is pretty glaring. Mm-hmm. You got to have more space. Other option is other ball handlers to sort of lighten the load. Okay. Uh, so, like I said, Paul George is at that like 10 possessions per game number. Reggie Jackson is right around six, and he has a better points per possession ratio. Uh, he's more efficient overall lower turnover percentage look I, I, comparing these two would you're just be, saying you're just saying trade a couple pick and roll possessions I, I, i'm just saying maybe shift things a little bit more to reggie sure and one more thing one glaring thing in the spacing issue has been eric bledsoe <laughs> yeah he's also <laughs> i'm be, glaring at the spacing issue <laughs> because of that spacing issue he's been abysmal in pick and roll possessions yeah uh he occupies the same space the big goes <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He's averaging like three of those possession, uh, possessions per game. Uh, he, the scoring frequency is like he's scoring on less than a third of those attempts, so not Ooh. even necessarily one per game. Yeah. Uh, and I like things that Bledsoe can do. Him and another big on the floor just does not seem to be working. 
especially what if it's surge. That's what I'm saying. Like so, yeah. off the bench, I do think that there there is something that could improve there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, if we're gonna see Paul George like continuing to take ten plus of these possessions per game. <sighs> Which I'm not saying is outright a bad idea. It's just a bad idea as currently constructed. Yeah, Nobatum, Morrison, and out. There's lack of space. Yeah, there's just literally it's just not there. Yeah, when those guys are hurt, so it's looked really busted. But I mean, he's been elite at so many other facets of the game. Yes, like uh, defense, off the screens, like playing yeah. good defense. Like I just do think that there's value to shifting Paul George off ball more as the primary ball handler. Yeah. And that, sir, is my thesis. <laughs> and clear. You defended your masters well. Um, I honestly couldn't agree more with a lot of these points. I think, yeah, just shift Reggie a couple of those pick and roll possessions or just... It's just, just too much. Like, yeah. you just, you can't be... We're seeing it be too much. You can't much. be the top scorer, a top two or top three defender on the team, if not the best some nights. Yeah. And the primary ball handler. Yeah. It's too much. And I will say part of it, as I believe Jamal Christopher says, PG just has to be flat out better sometimes. Because some of these oh. passes, you're like, what the hell are you looking at, PG? I, I agree. <laughs> but I think also that like we've hit the critical mass of what he's able to do as a pick and roll ball handler. Yeah, which is B. And it's not very, a knock on him. It's yeah. just like, it is what it is, man. He's a forward. Yeah, it's be very good when someone else can handle maybe the same amount of touches you do in the pick and roll. Yeah. Who also is Kawhi Leonard, which is fine. Um, so what you're saying is trade for Rajon Rondo. <laughs> Attach a couple of picks. Yes. Um, all right, uh, real quick, you didn't you weren't on the podcast yesterday. Um, what do you think about the Brandon Boston Jr. situation? I said when we're doing things like going through scoring droughts of three minutes against the 27th ranked uh, defense, which is what we did against the Pels, what's the harm in letting Brandon Boston Jr. get like two minutes a run or something like that? Right now, because everyone's hurt also. Look, I think, I hope that the the one trend that I hope continues from that loss to the Pelicans mm-hmm. Is that Brandon Boston Jr. sees more minutes than Justice Winslow? Which who saw none against the Pelicans, yeah. which blows my mind. Brandon Boston Jr. though saw a healthy two and a half. Two and a half went over one, not bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that about wraps it up. Let us know what you think of the Paul George pick and roll situation. We've been going in on the pick and roll lately because it's been bad. It's yeah, I mean it's just a huge part of NBA. Offense. Yeah, and when you don't have the playbook instilled, you rely on it. Um, Thursday's episode, we're doing a recap of that hopeful victory over the Kings. Who do we need that? Thirsty Thursday, talking about what we want to see more of, or maybe less. Let us know what you want to see more of over at Locked On Clips. And of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, Will, if you had a friend who was a long-haul trucker and was like, I love the Clippers, what can I listen to when I'm driving? Where would you tell them to listen to us? Oh, man. So you could check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked On Clippers. We're on CB Radio Pod. So you just flip that CB Radio on. We'll be right there oh, for yeah. you. Oh, yeah. Constantly. We mention it up top, but we do come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. We'd love to have you listen. We absolutely would. I have been positive, Jack Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write. 
so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.